It was the battle between the last two NBA champions, and in the end, the Bucks cruised to an easy win in this one. Giannis finished with 30 points, but we might talk a little bit more about this performance from him. Pretty strong defense from the Milwaukee Bucks. No Drew Holiday. Plenty to discuss. Uh, this is a really tough stretch of the schedule Milwaukee are just stepping into, but they start with a win, number 20 on the season. you got to be happy with that. Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. My name's Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN. And alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for his first ever live pod on this service anyway. He's done live pods before, but we're going to talk this up a little bit. Uh, we thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch of every single day, whether you're going to be jumping on this live pod any second or you're listening uh, through your usual platform. We absolutely really appreciate it. We're starting to see some people jump in here. Frank, uh, you've just moved house, so we're testing out the new internet as well. Literally anything could happen here, but I thought anything could happen in this Bucks game, Frank. No Drew Holiday. You always have to be wary of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and these Warriors, no matter when you are playing them. The schedule's really difficult coming up, so I just feel really good about this performance to bounce back, particularly after what was a bit of a stinker in Houston. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, this game was kind of weird in a lot of ways, right? I mean, the the Bucks give up twenty of fifty three point shooting to the to the Warriors. Obviously, the Warriors have three point shooters uh, that we know, um, but it was not, you know, Steph Curry going crazy. Uh, probably for the best that that Steph for the third straight game had a very, I'd say, unsteph like performance against the Bucks. And I think with Drew Holiday out, Javon Carter restored to the starting lineup, and you know, between Javon starting, we saw Wes Matthews putting in shifts off the bench. People might remember last year, Wes just sort of face guarded Steph in both games. And Steph had, um, I think it was 12 points in the first game that the Bucks won in a blowout. And he had only, I think, eight points in the blowout win that the Warriors had. So, you know, between the two games last year, only 20 points. Tonight, he scores 20, but six for 17. Obviously, you would take that any day of the week from a Bucks perspective. And overall, you know, kind of you look at the stats, more of a vintage Bucks performance in terms of, yes, they give up a lot of threes, but uh, they obviously also just dominated the inside. Um, I, my favorite Brooke Lopez block tonight, Kane, right. the, the, where, where he's getting where he's getting like held. And and I don't was it Jordan. Poole? I can't remember who it was, but like somebody thought that they basically had their teammates sealing off Brooke Lopez. And he just kind of like goes over top and just like, nah, dude, sorry, I'm blocking yeah. that as well um kind of emblematic of of this game i think the warriors uh 12 out of 22 at the rim tonight which is you know great defense uh and i believe the warriors were only like six of 23 or something like that from mid-range so again everything inside the arc the bucks just owned and and they shot well from three themselves even though they didn't put up a ton of threes so again you you wouldn't have said before the game hey the bucks are gonna 
shoot 20 of 50 or the Warriors are going to shoot 20 of 50 and Giannis is going to, you know, miss every possible jump shot known to man and go nine for 26. You wouldn't have been feeling too good about that, especially with Drew Holiday out uh, and you're down a star, but really a pretty comfortable win um, for the Bucks and didn't go wire to wire. The, the Warriors did have kind of that quick little start, but Bucks kind of found their footing pretty quickly and just kind of got the game to, to arms, kind of an arm's length uh, in that second quarter. And, you know, it just never felt like uh, like there was really like a, a huge threat, right? I I kept waiting for that Steph Curry, you know, <laughs> you know like 10 point in, in two and a half minute stretch. And it, it just kind of never came. And again, give credit to the Bucks defenders uh, and, the, and the coaching staff for the game plan against Steph. Um, but again, just kind of played their game. And uh, yeah, as you said, with a really difficult schedule coming up and coming off of just a garbage loss to the Rockets. <laughs> uh, great to to have a, an easy win where you didn't have to push Giannis and Chris too hard. And now again, you kind of get into, kind of go further into that gauntlet of difficult games leading up to that Christmas Day game in Boston, um, banking a win. And again, I mean, especially with how good Boston's been, they've dropped a couple in a row. Looks easily win tonight in LA against the Lakers. But uh, to be even with the Celtics in the loss column at this point, um, you got to feel pretty good about that, even if obviously you're always going to have some some wobbles over the course of, of 27 games. And I mentioned it, but when you are playing Golden State and Drew's not there, as you pointed to as well, it does make you pretty thankful to have a guy like Javon Carter that you just slot in there. And I was really curious. I would have preferred that Drew Holiday played in this game, clearly. But I was curious to just see how Javon Carter would accept this challenge because, as you pointed to, whether it's what Wes Matthews has done in the past, what Eric Bledsoe has done in the past, I thought, yeah, this seems like the type of challenge that Javon Carter is going to be up to. Steve Kerr in the post game specifically mentioned Javon Carter and how difficult he can make it for guys with the ball in their hand by fighting over those screens. And as you point to, it was a very traditional defensive performance for the most part to give up 53-point attempts. But this is what we've been talking about with the rotation. George Hill... You know, he plays 19 minutes tonight. But I think that this is further confirmation. That if there's anyone terrified about the Javon Carter-George Hill situation, the Bucks seem to be pretty locked in with playing Javon Carter at these guard spots, whether he starts or whether a night like tonight he needs to fill in. Uh, but last year, we spoke all year about the, the backup point guard, who's it going to be for the Bucks. Then George Hill had his injury concerns. It does feel like they're certainly in a better spot than where they were this time last year. We've been able to slip in a defensive-minded guy. Maybe against all teams, this doesn't work out. But on this night, with the way the Bucks want to defend, it's a pretty handy option. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, again, those guys are, are not going to give you, uh, you know, uh, an offensive focal point. They're not going to mm-hmm. be playmakers in the way that, you know, certainly you would have liked to have another playmaker against Boston last year after Chris goes out. Um, but I think I think that's, you know, again, just part of the thesis of this Bucks roster construction. I mean, again, you're paying what, like $6 million total, roughly six, seven million bucks total for those, those two guys. You know, you, you kind of have to pick what you want. If you want guys who are going to be more like defensive game manager types, uh, then you're probably not going to get guys that are going to be, you know, red hot jump shooters. Shout out to Javon Carter. He's had a yeah, couple games right. this year where he has been that guy when the Bucks have been down their star players, 
you know, especially in that Oklahoma City game. But uh, but for the most part, obviously, those guys are in there to, to play a role. Hey, shoot open jump shots um, and just, again, work your butt off defensively. Give the ball to Chris and Giannis on a night like tonight where Drew is out and get out of the way to a large extent. Um, still have some notes for Javon Carter as far as when to give Giannis the ball in transition. But, you know... <laughs> Other than that, as as I've said, every time I make that complaint, I, I always want to clarify overall, Javon Carter, yeah. you know, home run addition, given what you got, you know, getting him off the waiver wire last year, uh, getting him for, you know, a, a little bit more than the minimum uh, this summer. You know, he's been obviously just a really, really valuable piece. And, um, you know, we've talked about, you know, what the Bucks would do when Chris came back, what direction would they go? in terms of the starting five. I don't even know, Kane, like I'm, I'm trying to remember. I don't even know if we've, I've podcasted with you since, uh, <laughs> since, since Chris Middleton came back. You know, I think I said back, back, but you know, weeks ago when we first started sort of talking about this, you know, my thought was I would either want to start a guy who takes defensive pressure off of Drew or somebody that takes defensive pressure off of Chris, you know, back in the day, it was always Wes Matthews, you know, in the, the second year, of the bud tenure, Wes was kind of the, the defensive shield uh, that allowed Chris to not have to exert so much effort defensively. Uh, I think Javon Carter has kind of done a similar thing through the first part of this season when, when Chris was out starting and letting Drew not have to kind of chase little guys quite so much during the regular season. We know he can do that, obviously. Um, but I thought tonight, obviously, um, you know, the direction was to go stick with Grayson, basically go with the more offensive player in the starting five, you know, say it's worked fine so far. Uh, but it's really useful to be able to say, okay, no Drew Holiday tonight. Well, again, Javon Carter, not not quite a Drew Holiday level defensive player, not as versatile defensively. But in terms of like you know guarding small guys on you know a, a random regular season game, um, it's a pretty nice luxury to have to be able to bring a guy like that off the bench. And um, you know, I, again, I think uh, overall you look at the you know we don't think of like Javon as like you know, physical in terms of like big strength in the same way, like Wes Matthews is physical, um, but he's annoying, right? (laughs) Yeah. He's, he he can be a past, you know, pressuring the ball and just forcing guys to, to really have to work off the ball. Now, I mean, Steph is the best off ball player in the league, even though he may also be the best on ball ball player in the league too. Uh, But I, I don't know. It was just kind of a weird game. You know, he had a couple threes in a row at one point, but, he got really frustrated. I mean, there were technicals being handed out left and right. Chris scored 20 points. What were five of those points at least off of technicals? Um, it was just a weird game. Uh, I was joking on Twitter. It felt like the uh, Argentina-Netherlands game in terms of just the officials making sure they were the set, the focal point of attention. We had, we had multiple uh, Giannis 10-second calls, technicals going left and right, offensive fouls being called all over the place. Um, Ray Acosta, the official. I didn't know who I didn't know his name before tonight, but great job, Ray Acosta. Way to make it about you tonight. Um, but uh, overall, yeah, just kind of a kind of a weird game. But you know, I think uh, we talk about a lot of times when the Bucks beat bad teams, like that Hornets win, right? Um, we talk about um, that being like a uh, an infrastructure win, right? In terms of like the Bucks, just doesn't matter that they're missing star players. The the system the you know, guys knowing their roles, knowing how to step up, knowing what they're supposed to do. You know, you're able to weather the storm of guys missing. 
Yes. Did, did we get a Mike, Michael in the comments uh, speculating that Bango may have gotten a technical? Uh, he, he may have been the only the only <laughs> the only person wearing a jersey tonight uh, that didn't get a technical foul. It seemed. Um, but uh, but it felt like, you know, we've seen them kind of win like the Oklahoma City game, the Charlotte game. Those were infrastructure wins in terms of the Bucks winning without their star players um, on a night like this. You know, even though you stud Giannis and Chris, there are still, I think, elements of that where you had kind of just these other guys stepping up. You know, Bobby Portis had a huge first half in particular. Um, you know, he's been playing, I think, just overall really well over the past few weeks. Uh, and again, you just have these guys stepping up. I mean, Grayson Allen, let's not forget about Grayson Allen. He didn't miss a shot tonight, right? Did he? Fin- did he ever miss a shot? Uh, six no, six, six for six, sixteen points. Um, again, like you know, the, this game was decided by the two-point shooting, and the Bucks overall, including the threes, right? Both teams shoot forty and forty-one percent from three, uh, but the Bucks fifty-five percent from the field overall. Warriors forty percent from three, but just forty percent from two as well, and that was really kind of the the tail of the tape. In addition to the Bucks having an advantage from the foul line about what were they plus uh, 11 from the foul line as well. So yeah, just kind of physicality. Um, and and that's, you know, probably the Achilles heel of the Warriors, right? They don't get to the rim. They don't get to the line. And I think they do actually, if I recall correctly, I believe they've put opponents on the line a ton this year. And we saw those, those traits kind of crop up again tonight um, as the Bucks, you know, kind of took advantage of the things that have hurt the Warriors all year long is the Warriors again, just, you know, kind of still hanging there at 500, really struggling on the road. And um, for that reason, again, you know, we'll, we'll see. I don't think anybody wants to count the Warriors out, especially given it's early in the season still. We know what they can do in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, good to catch them right now, at least, uh, when they're still not firing on all cylinders. And, um, again, bank a win, especially with the schedule getting tough as it is. Uh, the schedule is getting tough. And Warren says... Uh, he loves this pod, but I wish you weren't so laissez-faire about dropping games that we should win. We're all pissed off about losing to the Houston Rockets. Oh it happens. God. If you watch the I, NBA, I almost, I almost year. went to that game. I almost went to that game. Uh, my daughter, I think people may have heard me comment that my daughter, who's four, has been ta- asking me about going to see a Bucks game. And I thought we were actually in Houston last weekend on Saturday. I drove, I drove over. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think I think it was ten to twelve days uh, between between podcasts. Um, we'll just comment that I should get a technical for for too many days between podcasts. I'm I'm taking a Giannis like break. Uh, my my routine is 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 really slacking right now. But uh, but my I took so I take my daughter to Houston. Uh, my 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 in laws had gotten tickets to see Mary Poppins. So my daughter goes to see Mary Poppins. I had like the laziest Saturday ever. I just watched the England France soccer game. You know, my my wife was at home here in Austin. I didn't bring my dog. I just sat on the couch and I took a nap. And that night, I just, we ordered in, didn't do anything, slept in the next day. It was great. And I thought about, because it was an early, you know, six o'clock game on Sunday. I thought like, oh, maybe, maybe I go to this Rockets game. It's probably, tickets probably aren't like crazy expensive. Give my daughter her first chance to see a game. And I was like, wow. But like, I need to go back to Austin. It'd be like nine o'clock before I'm on the road. And, you know, it was just whatever she could sleep in the car, but just like, what, what are the, what's the upside here? And then like, you know, the people are going to be cheering for the Rockets and you know, it's probably not going to be as fun as seeing the Bucks at, at in Wisconsin. So I'm like, all right, I won't, I'm not going to do it. And then I watched the get home, you know, um, watch the game on DVR. And I'm just like, Oh my God, like, thank God. I, I almost went to the Spurs game too. Thank God I didn't go to that either because Giannis didn't play in that one. So again, just, just a reminder, like going to see the Bucks on the road because of resting and all this other stuff, 
or just laying an absolute egg, just do it at your own peril. And uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if this is a, a transition point to talk about Giannis because, man, just some ugly shooting from him the last couple of games. But um, this game, he was actually still sort of able to dominate in spite me, of let, that. Frank, let, let me get to Giannis because Marcus dishing out all these technical fouls. And I'm about to get a technical foul from David Locke, the boss of this network, because I am way over time on doing it. read. But we're going to talk about Giannis because he scored 30 in one of the more bizarre ways that we've seen him score 30. It was a strange game uh, overall. I'll tell you what's not strange. That's our friends at Turo. The world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want whenever you want it. From a community of local hosts, browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the US, UK, Canada, or the great land of Australia. Book a spacious SUV or a minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday or holiday. Uh, there's economy cars if you need that. There's electric vehicles. Uh, what do you drive, Frank? Uh, I have a Tesla Model 3 Performance. Oh, so, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, you, you won't be uh, losing your Twitter account. So many Turo <laughs> hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. All right, let's get I back did, to the... I, I did actually, I, I did a good, uh, I was helpful this weekend, actually. See, I don't like driving the Tesla long distances because the charging is still sort of annoying, but um, some woman uh, had rented a car and was trying to supercharge it between Austin and Houston, and she yeah. she had, like, no idea how to, like, plug this thing in and get it to run, so I <laughs> uh, I, uh, I helped out a fellow, a fellow traveler, but, uh, yeah, anyway, moving on. No, it's a... It's a great point, but you, there's nothing you like to talk about more than Giannis, though. And he did get his 30 points tonight. We know the 30-plus point streak is over, but he was 9 for 26 from the field. And if you were oh. watching TNT like I was watching TNT, Stan Van Gundy, and I know some people as kind of anti-Stan Van. I, I find him very humorous, but I'm also very easy to make laugh. But I, I just find him a very, very amusing announcer. That might be an unpopular opinion, but he was giving the count. Okay, he's 0 for 10 on jump shots, 0 for 11 on jump shots, 0 for 12, and it just kept going and going. And eventually he brought up the 30 by knocking down a three. Of course, we knew that that was going to happen. So when you look at a game like this for Giannis, he was clearly still dominant. But are you sitting on your couch saying, please stop shooting? Or are you like, look, you're still dominating this game. It's comfortable. that you have to go down at some point. How do you assess this performance? I mean, I don't think Giannis would have shot that many jump shots if it was a close game. I think it was, right. you know, we, we've, we've seen him do this. Like he, he has a, when he has a read of the game and he knows that like, Hey, I can like kind of work on getting my rhythm a bit in game. Uh, that that's clearly what he was doing. And, and uh, again, like it, it's been a weird year for him in terms of shooting the ball. His, his actually, his long two percentage has actually been what had gotten pretty good. But then like all of his like in between stuff, like the three to 10 stuff, he was like under 25%, like his 10 to 16 numbers were similar to like low twenties. I think um, he just hasn't looked confident at all shooting, like, you know, hook shots, push shots. Like he's got no touch. Uh, he never had good touch on like, kind of like hook shots and push shots, but he just like, just has been missing everything. But tonight it was just like regular jump shots. And it just seems like, mm. especially the mid range stuff, um, seems like the shot's been really flat. It's like he's shooting it on the way down. Uh, and again, he's had actually, that's like the long twos have been like the one place where he's actually had some consistency this year, but 
tonight was just brutal. I mean, one for 14 on jump shots. The three he actually made was maybe the worst shot he took off. Because he, he wasn't even that open. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just tough. And it, it's crazy – the, the, the streak he went on in terms of third, scoring 30-plus, you know, it was eight straight games or whatever it was. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable because he really has not had, you know, last year he really got into a much better rhythm, shot career highs on kind of th- those three to 10-foot shots, the 10 to 16 shots um, was, I think, right around his career high in terms of long twos as well. You know, his mid-range numbers were up over 40%. Um, and again, it's not like, you know, he's – lights out from that area but he's you know he could take open jump shots and he was actually like better than a lot of people that you think of as being pretty good mid-range jump shooters and so yeah it's again circumstances tonight you know i don't think he would have done that if not for the circumstances and the lead that they were having he i think he's he is literally just trying to work on his shot and trying to get somewhat of a rhythm back but i mean i don't know especially given the success he was having driving to the basket i think it kind of reaches a point where you just say like dude like just stop man like just attack the rim and um you know he's had a really weird year i think he started the year with i think it was six or seven straight games where he was i think i think he was over 50 percent or higher shooting then he had six or seven straight games five six games where he shot under 50 percent um which was like the longest stretch of his career in like seven years and then he ripped off this long streak of scoring 30 plus points a game and doing that again without um without having any real consistency from three we, we've seen him make a few more threes of late um but uh but yeah and then these last couple of games again just just kind of weird it just feels like if he's not and, and again he's so good at attacking the rim even when he's you know just creating somewhere from nothing so good at spinning and you know just angling his body euro stepping going to either hand i mean he's so dangerous but like in that houston game man it's it's like he started the game just driving by and getting dunks, right? Like that first quarter, you thought, oh, yeah. man, this is going to be just a monster game. But just, you know, again, Houston just sent some more bodies, and, and he just had no way of kind of answering it. Tonight it was kind of a similar story, but um, but he was able to, again, just when he needed to, find ways to, to get to the basket and finish. And obviously the free throw, you know, 17 free throws tonight, two 10-second violations. I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm curious if that's ever happened in league history. Like nobody gets 10-second violations. Like it's a, it's, it's like crazy that he, what does he have? Like five, 10 second violations in the last like three weeks or so. Like this is, and to be clear, this, is this is unprecedented. So it's just kind of a, he's in such a weird space right now, but um, at least the free throws when they're, you know, allowed to, are, are going in at a much higher clip, but he's just kind of in a weird spot. And in spite of that averaging 31 points a game, which is just, again, testament to how, how incredible he is in terms of attacking the rim. But though, and those, violations do count as a missed free throw right so technically yeah. on free throws he shot he was 11 yeah. for 15 which is a pretty good yeah. night i actually thought one of those uh 10 second violations was very quick as well bizarrely it was pretty quick. quick yeah yeah I, I don't know why they're doing it now uh, again i've said it before if they want to get him to speed it up i'm not probably not going to complain about it even though Giannis is you know he wants to get his rest and take his deep breaths and all that kind of stuff uh, I would prefer that this is happening now than happening in May or June, as we saw it in 2021. Now, clearly it worked out okay, uh, but I would like to not have to go through the whole counting uh, rubbish that we were seeing uh, back in that season there. Uh, I thought the Bucks. it was interesting from an offensive point of view, and I want to ask you in a little bit after I talk about Bet Online regarding Bobby Portis. I've been on the sixth man of the year train. Another big night for him. 
But I got a question about Bobby Portis after I talk about betonline.net. Uh, coincidentally, where you can find the odds for Bobby Portis for six man of the year, it's the number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. There's MVP stuff, there's NBA title stuff as well. There, it seems like the consensus is that it's the Bucks and the Celtics at the top of the odds, but you can find all that and more at betonline.net as, long, uh, as well as other sports. Uh, still a couple of World Cup games to go. Who's going to beat Argentina in the final? Morocco. What do you think, I'm- Frank? I, I, I'm praying it's Morocco. Uh, I, I think I think the last time we podcasted, Kane, I was it was before the Australia Argentina. Don't cry game for was... Frank Argentina. Don't cry for Kane <laughs> for losing to Argentina. And I was uh, saying how I was hoping that Argentina was going to destroy yes. your home country, um, and not feeling bad about it because you weren't going to watch it anyway. Um, but yeah, there have been three Argentina games since then, and um, they're again as. People, people perhaps recall who listened to us a lot. I am a longtime Messi slash Barcelona fan. And um, so I, I've been kind of living and dying with Argentina here. And uh, yeah, the the previous game, the Netherlands-Argentina game, uh, very chaotic in my household, uh, very stressful. And uh, and thankfully, today's game, they win 3-0. Uh, shout out to Croatia. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, a lot less stressful, messy, another another masterclass. But France scares the hell out of me, Kane. Kylian Mbappe is unbelievable. So I'm I'm rooting for Morocco, not just for sentimental reasons, not just because I don't really like France, but also because as an Argentina fan, I just do not want to have to face France in the final. They would be favorites. I expect them to win though against Morocco. So but we'll see. Great, great Cinderella story for sure. But that that is that is the that is the World Cup minute here with Frank and Kane. And go to betonline.net to find out all the odds for uh, the World Cup uh, coming up to the final here. Sports, everything else. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Uh, That's BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, Just one last quick comment on the FIFA World Cup, Frank, when it comes to France and and Mbappe. As you mentioned, uh, I don't mind him because he reminds me of my favorite ever uh, Milwaukee Buck, Luke Richard and Bape Mute. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, you were you were that one lined up from a mile away. Well, I didn't want to say it in the ad read just in case anyone skips it. So I wanted to make sure everyone heard that joke that I had in my mind as soon as you said Mbappe. So, all right, Bobby Portis, uh, 25 points and 11 rebounds tonight, 11 for 15 from the field. And I spoke about the Bucks' offense and how you know, typically they haven't exactly gone to, to dominate mismatches, but it was after a recent Drew Holiday game where he just bullied one of the younger teams in the league. Uh, but Bobby Portis is one guy that I thought tonight when you just looked at the size of the Warriors, whoever it was defended him. He's like, listen, if you're just going to keep defending me one-on-one, I'm not shooting a three well, but I'm going to back you down. I'm going to go to that little turnaround. I'm going to go to that little hook shot. And we've seen of late. I mean, he's just been incredibly efficient everywhere but the three. Uh, and he's just a straight-up double-double machine. He has to be in calculations for the six-man uh, six of the year. But that is... A pretty nice weapon. Remember last year, again, if we go back to the lineups they had, he was starting. But now just going back to having Bobby as that guy off the bench and that legit scorer, it's it's a pretty handy weapon um, to have. And I thought tonight he did a great job of recognizing the smaller defenders and and taking them under the basket. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, man, if, if we could 
you know, transpose Bobby's mid-range game slash post-up game into Giannis, the Bucks would never lose a game again for the rest of time. Um, I mean, he, he's just so deliberate. And, and if you told me, like, who, who would you want to have a mismatch against a smaller guy for, like, you know, one possession to win a game uh, in, like, a back-to-the-basket scenario, I might pick Bobby Portis because <laughs> he literally can always get to that little righty hook shot in the lane. He's obviously super comfortable shooting that mid-ranger as well. And, and again, you know, the fact that he takes so many shots of that ilk, and even if you're good at them, you know, you're not like going to shoot 60% on them means that it, you know, his efficiency is never like crazy good. And, and weirdly, I mean, his three point shot still hasn't really come around. I think he entered this game about 31%. So again, I'm still kind of waiting for that three point shot, hopefully to start to warm up a bit, but the fact that he's continued to be, you know, a, a very useful player offensively in particular uh, has been good to watch. And, you know, I commented on it the other day after the Charlotte game, I think he had a career high seven assists in that game. I think his passing has really improved. I mean, you look at his assist numbers, you know, again, they're not like super impressive. I think he's like over a little over three a game, like per 36 or something like that, but he's the highest of his career. And he actually does like, you know, you actually do see him make like actually nice reads, nice passes. It's not just like, you know, super simple stuff all the time. And he's really taken to, to grabbing and going, but he, he knows that he can't just go end to end, but he really likes yeah. to dribble the ball up, you know, especially yeah. when Giannis is on the floor, like he'll dribble the ball up and then hand it over to kind of break the press or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been fun watching him uh, again. He, obviously there's, there's always going to be some limitations, especially defensively with Bobby, but um, you know, we, I think the thing that, that early in the season, there were some, there was that stretch of games where, when Giannis and, and Drew were out that I thought Bobby kind of like was really underwhelming. You know, he's like one of those guys, but you think like, Oh, if, if Giannis is out or, you know, you're missing Drew or Chris or whatever. Oh, Hey, Bobby can kind of give you a bit of a boost. And he really didn't do that in some of those games um, like the Spurs game. And I think the OKC game, he wasn't like awesome, even though he had a, a big bucket late. Uh, but over the past couple of weeks, I think he's really, you know, whether the good, you know, the star players were playing or not, um, he's really stepped up the Hornets game. He was huge in, had those career high assist numbers in addition to scoring and rebounding figures. Um, and tonight, you know, again, like I think he was like six out of seven in the first, first half finishes 11 out of 15. And yeah, I mean, you, you wonder like, how do you beat the, how do you, how do you put hang on 128 on the Warriors yeah. without Drew holiday with, you know, Chris 20 points on 13 shots. That's good. But Giannis, you know, 26 shots to get to 30. How do you do it? Well, Bobby Portis, giving you 25 on 15 shots, Grace Nell, I'm giving you 16 on six shots. That's, that's how you do it. And, um, you know, just nice to have those types of, of offensive weapons, uh, certainly in the regular season. And, you know, on a night where we say Grayson and Bobby really show out offensively, just a reminder. I mean, if, if they could have had, you know, a couple games like that in that Boston series, who knows what happens, but again, they had some struggles there offensively. Uh, and, yeah, hopefully it'll be a different story this next time around because obviously those guys offensively can can really kind of give you a huge boost, especially if your your stars are, are injured or maybe not playing the way you want. Any takes on Dante DiVincenzo, Frank? First, real. I, would, I know they've played <laughs> well, Sacramento. He, yeah, he had yeah. that huge. He had that game in Sacramento that the Bucks won when they got some steals at the end, or whatever. It was pretty close, where he like just was raining threes, and he did it again tonight. But mm. thankfully, he still can't make layups. Like he had that one like just completely um, 
just biffed layup that that the Warriors got to put back on. But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's still he's doing Dante stuff, right? Um, five out of fifteen, I think he was one for five on twos and four for <laughs> four for ten on threes. Um, I mean, I think he's a really good fit in in Golden State. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we'll see, right? I mean, the they're a weird team, right? I mean, I, I haven't looked at it in the last like week or two, but um, you know, I think the, the 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 upside for the Warriors has been that their starting group has been really good, but it's just their bench units have been just god awful, and that's that's less of a Dante issue and more of some of the younger players that they have. All right, they're not even playing Wiseman at this point because of his struggles, but um, but you know, hey, nice to see Dante in a position where he can help a team win. I think that's, you know, I'd, I'd rather see Dante on a good team. I think that's where he's going to be more useful than playing for, you know, a bad team that, that just has a bunch of young guys. Um, so good to see that. And I don't know, I was, <laughs> we finally saw Marjan Bochamp as well. Oh, some no. shades. Some why shades did, of, why did talking about Dante remind you of Marjan? <laughs> some Spiny shades team. of, some shades of Dante. Marjan calmly strokes a three when he comes in, in uh, late in garbage time. That was great to see. Cause he's been sick. You know, he obviously had, he kind of fell out of the rotation once the Bucks started to go healthy. We can debate, you know, whether that was, you know, the right move, but obviously the Bucks, no shortage of veterans that that can be relied on. Um, and then has a nice little move, gets to the basket, blows a layup, hashtag Dante. Uh, and then like gets it back. And like, I don't even know like what is the second miss was like, he kind of like lost it on the way up and they credited that as a miss. And then he got it back. And then he like kind of worked for like a one foot hook shot and he back ironed that it was, it was unfortunate. Very, very shades of, of Dante DiVincenzo finishing plus making a three pointer, but um, you know, Hey, good. Just good to see him out back on the floor. And um, yeah, I mean, again, we don't even have Joe Ingles back your boy, Joe Ingles still wearing white t-shirts, won't be wearing white t-shirts for long, perhaps. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, drew out tonight, but fun just to see the the number of guys that, that you have that you can throw out there and, and get contributions from. Well, we need Joe Ingle back so he can become a champion uh, <laughs> this year. So we're looking for Joe Ingles to come back. Uh, last one I'll go Kane is Kane is wearing a champion shirt for those, uh, for those listening to the podcast and and not able to see him wearing his black, high quality black champion t-shirt. Hey, as someone who only listens to podcasts through the old school method of audio, I need all our listeners that are just on audio. You got to get on the YouTube for the good stuff, particularly this live show. We've had up to around a hundred people floating in and out of this live stream so far. So it's been fun. And Frank's moved house. And I'll tell you what, new Wi-Fi, humongous tick of <laughs> approval there for Frank. There's no doubt about that. Hey, one question for you before we wrap it up. The Bucks are 20 and seven. I don't know why it doesn't mean anything, but it always feels nice when you just tick over. So 20 wins is nice. Uh, they're obviously on a pretty good pace, but these next six games leading up to Christmas Day, and I know your Christmas Day is going to be anxiety-induced because of this Bucks and Celtics game. Ugh. What do you expect from these 6-2 games? If you had to make a prediction right now, because we went through, and there is some tough matchups, whether it's Memphis, there's Cleveland, Utah, just smacked around the Pelicans today, if you can believe that. Then they do play the Pelicans. Then the Nets, who are playing better, and the Celtics. Let me let me look at it to, so I can see the home road splits as well. Um, all on the road. Are they really all on the road? Well, um, maybe there's one at home. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say that the Utah game is at home because I almost I was okay. trying to figure out if I could get if I could get to Wisconsin in time to see that game in person. Unfortunately, we we cannot. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, again, it, it's probably, I mean, if you get, if you go four and two, I think you would feel really good about that. Um, I, I think, I think the Boston game is going to be really interesting. I mean, Boston's been um, so good overall offensively. They've, they've probably, I mean, again, they've been shooting so well, like over 40% from three. I don't think they're as good as, as they have been from their three, but you know, I mean, they've been without both Horford and Williams for the last stretch. And um, I think it's going to be interesting to see again, which of those guys are, are back. It sounds like Robert Williams is potentially coming back soon. So that, that's the game I think we're all kind of building to and, and looking forward to. But like I said earlier, I mean, just to be even in the loss column with the Celtics at this point, yeah. especially given, you know, missing Chris for such an extended period and having kind of, you know, some random games early where you're missing Giannis and Drew as well. Um, you know, you feel pretty good about that. And, and honestly, it's probably, you know, hey, I would love to, I would love to get to the point where you actually could challenge the Celtics for the one seed. I don't really expect that, um, but very encouraging that they are where they are right now. We'll see. I mean, again, so much of this is just going to be about injuries and health and all that. Um, but I think probably the most important thing is just put some distance between yourself and, you know, the Clevelands, the Brooklyn's, the yeah. Phillies, you know, those teams that, that could otherwise potentially challenge you for the two seed. Because again, I think we all are sort of, you know, um, resigned to the fact that you're going to have to go through Boston at some point to come out of the East. But I think I'd much rather have that happen in the East finals rather than have that be a second round matchup again. So, uh, you know, if you can at least line yourself up to be the two seed, you're still going to have to potentially win a game seven in Boston. Uh, but that said, it also gives some more time for maybe Boston to hit a banana peel on the way to the East finals. And it puts you in a spot where, you know, Hey, if you can have home court in the first two rounds of the playoffs, that would be awesome. And the other thing too, is, I mean, again, not that you want to look forward to the finals already, but um, I mean, the, the West is kind of wide open, right? I think the most people would say at this point, the Bucks and Celtics are the two teams that have sort of differentiated themselves overall in the league. So, you know, if you can be the two seed, if you said, Hey Bucks, you can be the two seed and have the second best record in the whole NBA. I take that at this point. Right. Mm -hmm. I and mean, that's, that's not a bad place to be. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, again, as hard as it is as a fan to not get too up or down with the night tonight, um, certainly the next couple weeks, next week or two could be a, a little bit of a challenge. Um, but we'll see live Christmas pod question just came in <laughs> best present for your listeners. Uh, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm almost like at the point where it's like, I just wish, I almost, I almost wish that they weren't even playing on Christmas just because that, <laughs> that, that can like so swing my happiness uh, on Christmas day. Like if the Bucks lose Buck versus Bucks win, right. We've had, and we've had such a huge swing, right. The last few years between the, we podcasted Philly, after the Philly game. Oh my God. Well, we had, we almost had to just to like get it out of our systems. Um, yeah. But the Philly disaster, you know, uh, Joel Embiid winning his Christmas Christmas title, hang the banner, um, versus winning that awesome game uh, against the Celtics last year. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the highs and lows, I, it's just too much for me on Christmas. I just want to be able to kind of not think about sports maybe on Christmas. But uh, hey, if, man, the Bucks can pull out a win in Boston on Christmas Day. I mean, that would be, I'll trade all my presents for, for just that. 
Absolutely. They named all these new trophies today, actually. I didn't see the Memorial Christmas trophy for that uh, Philadelphia <laughs> win that they had a few years ago against the Bucks. They're still celebrating. I think, I think the trophy names are kind of lame. What do you think? I don't know. Something about it. Just, I just... just unnecessary. I don't, yeah, I don't so many. And why change I mean, the MVP? Well, the MVP, I, don't, I mind less just because it was like, you know, the Maurice Podoloff or whatever trophy. So it, it had a name and like a name that nobody even like cared about. But I don't know. Okay. Just so many awards, like the clutch, the clutch award. Like I don't know. I just feel like we're. I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit meh on all this. I should have said this earlier, but Lily Zhao tweeted this out uh, from Fox Six. Does an outstanding job with the Bucks, Packers, and everything else. Uh, she tweeted today that uh, Giannis has now officially played more minutes than any other Bucks player in the history of the franchise. Isn't that just incredible? I mean, I know we've been watching yeah. him for for nine straight years, but. Just to think that no one has played more minutes than Giannis yeah. in a Bucks uniform. Beautiful stuff. Yeah, especially given these, you know, literally just turned twenty-eight. Um, yeah, and I, I think I think it's one of those things too, because I mean, it, we've looked a lot at sort of Kareem and Giannis career stats over the past year with Giannis passing Kareem for the franchise scoring lead, and it, it's always kind of a weird trade-off because you know Giannis, on the one hand, he's been very durable, but like you know, he still misses. 15 games a year or whatever it is and he doesn't play loads versus you know you look at like kareem's numbers from when he was in milwaukee only played six years but obviously just like you know 40 minutes a game every night um so it's 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 always sort of weird just doing kind of the the exchange rates hmm. on uh on those things but um you know it it's only a matter of time before Giannis owns you know every record the bucks have chris middleton can have the all-time three-point record and then Giannis will have pretty much every other possible record you can have um, in Milwaukee. But yeah, just kind of wild uh, that it's, I mean, 10 years of Giannis, it's uh, just kind of crazy to think about. It is. What's crazy to think about is all those people out there that have listened to me on this podcast and they want more because they can listen to the Locked On Sports Today podcast with Peter Bukowski because I jumped on to talk about the Bucks and the Warriors. So after you're done with Locked On Bucks, your next listen should be the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Frank, that's the first live podcast in the bank. And really, let's be honest, we're one take wonders. Nothing changes. We may as well go live if we're going to do a podcast. As I said, we've had over, well, by the time all the numbers are calculated, it would have been a few hundred people that have popped in to say hello. And we love it. We appreciate that. I mean, I've got... 500 megabits per second or whatever. Now I used to have only 50, right? Which was kind of the bottleneck. So uh, yeah, you know, the new house, who cares about the house, right? It's just, I've got much faster internet now. That's really all that matters. Love it. Uh, Maybe I'll ask you, I got to wrap this up. I got to go to work. I've been at work for this podcast, by the way, hard to believe that's work, but I got to go do some more work. Next time we podcast, I got to ask you if there's any shenanigans with moving house because there always is. Something went wrong. Oh my God. It was like a, I, I was up. So su- Sunday, Sunday, I was, I was, aw- I, the movers were at my house from nine o'clock. They didn't leave till 11 o'clock at night. I spent the next three days cause they moved like 85% of stuff. Every room had like random crap that they didn't have time to move, whatever. <laughs> so I was just literally driving my car back and forth. I found some random guy on task rabbit. This guy named Mario. Shout out to Mario who showed up with a pickup truck and the, me and him like loaded up pickup trucks two straight night. It was just, Super annoying, but um, but yes, moral of the story, don't move. Don't ever move. 
just find a place you like and just never leave. No, it's uh, it's sound advice. It's one of the worst jobs anyone can ever do. All right, let's wrap it up. The Bucks are twenty and seven. Uh, we'll have something for you tomorrow on the podcast leading into this tough schedule as it continues uh, to uh, to work through. The Bucks on the way to Christmas against the Boston Celtics. So thanks to everyone for jumping in the live stream. If you haven't, subscribe on YouTube, hit the notifications, and you'll know next time we come on. Thanks for joining us. Speak to you tomorrow.